Okay. Testing the mic level. Great. Uh, about to start the podcast. Everybody who's listening to the podcast will know what's going on. I'm about to go live on YouTube. We'll start the QA and uh, let's do it. Here we go. We're going live. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live podcast number 1,600. No, it's uh, 158, or uh, uh, we're day 619 into the uh, into the quarantine. <laughs> Feels like that. Uh, and um, so I hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody had a good week. A uh, couple, couple things always to start off the show with the same thing. If you're new to the show, keep in mind, one, if you want to ask a question while you're live, please start with a question mark first. That way I know you're asking me a question. Or if you want to talk about something, you can start with a question mark, uh, question mark first. Uh, I index these shows. So uh, anything we talk about, I try to make a quick reference index so you don't have to watch the whole thing if you don't like to. Or if you'd like to listen to it as a podcast, it is also on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. And somebody asked me a question or somebody put in the question in the comments about on Spotify. I am currently working on that. Um, essentially, I want to change providers of the podcast. The problem is that I have some questions about what I'm doing right now when I'm transferring and the company I, I chose that everybody gave me good uh, uh, um, feedback on isn't responding to any of my emails <laughs> or anything actually at all. And this is unfortunate because it's the time right now. I mean, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't really fault them. So I'm not really, normally if, uh, if a company I was reaching out to and they weren't respond to me in any way when I'm trying to give them some business, maybe I would, you know, maybe see that as a sign. But right now it's, it's tough to judge businesses uh, with, uh, you know, anything other than a little bit of kind of grace and, and give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. So that being said, the, the podcast will switch over to all platforms. I don't know what all the platforms are, but that's what I'm switching to is at all platforms. The new system that I'm switching to is going to cost quite a bit more money than what I pay now to post the podcast. Uh, but it seems seems like a benefit to get it to it to keep more ears so to speak um and then those of you guys that don't know on the podcast i'm just trying to not beat this to death but just so you guys know on the podcast side of it uh i do do bonus i do do <laughs> i always laugh when i say that i do bonus ones and they're labeled as such so you can hear other type qas it's not live shows like this is something else and on the know your gear uh channel which is a smaller channel i've been putting them on there so so you, there you go okay we got a lot to talk about this week i'm sure um and uh so let's get with it. What do we got? What do you guys got for me? I ha I saw a couple, uh, a bunch of questions already, a bunch of topics. One, uh, just because it resonated with me, was um, somebody put, where are you at? It's moving around. Give me a second, guys. If I don't find the, the uh, viewer, I'll just do the question. I just want to give the viewer credit for the question. Um, and I'm not seeing it. The question was, has anyone... Yeah, I'm not seeing it. The question was, anyone did anyone hear of or has anyone seen run runway cables? Uh, and the only reason I was yeah, here it is. Eric in Eric the Red says, anyone try runway audio cables? Um, I haven't tried them. They have been reaching out many, many, many times to uh, have me do a shout out on the on the live show about their cables. And um, I'm just not interested. And the main reason in being, I have so many cables. <laughs> I, I just I in fact. I'm not kidding. Uh, 
I'm looking right now. To, uh, okay, I'm going to do it. At the end of the show today, I'm going to unbox some cables um, from another brand. Now, here's what's funny about this. This box of cables that I've had has been here for probably two months. <laughs> and I have no idea what's in it. It was sent to me by a friend who works for this cable company. And uh, like I said, it's, it's tough. On a side note, the reason why I want to answer that question is uh, a lot of times, uh, a lot of you guys watching are, are uh, YouTube creators as well, right? And YouTube is a great platform because of the fact that everybody can create on this platform. And then what happens is you just draw an audience, you build an audience. And some audiences are larger and smaller than others. But the point is, at some point, it seems to be, um, seems to be a goal for a lot of gear channels to get gear, <laughs> Um, which is tough. Uh, it's a tough thing to get done. And uh, what I can tell you is first, I want to give you just my personal advice. Um, the way I found that worked the best for me was to not need it or want it. Just work it on your own and then the companies will come, if that makes any sense. I just tell you that because I think it works. Um, and uh, and that being said, <laughs> there's a lot of sideways on this. I've decided uh, the patron, a patron, the patron, a patron gave me a great idea. And I think I'm going to try it this week coming up. Um, I have what's called the shame shelf. It's a thing that only my closest friends and now you by definition are now close friends with me know about the shame shelf is products on a shelf in my garage of products that I'm never going to review. It was stuff that it was, uh, I call it, um, what do we call that? Uh, we have a term for it. We joke when we say it. Um, it's like when companies unsolicited mail, right? It's the unsolicited mail. So you know how you guys get stuff in the mail unsolicited, you know, just, just offers and stuff you get as a gear channel gear sent to you unsolicited all the time. It sounds great, but you realize a lot of times why they're quirky, weird products. They're strange. Sometimes, uh, you spend hours and you can't figure out what it even is. My point is, I didn't know what to do with some of this stuff, and I uh, somebody gave me a well, a patron gave me a great idea to put it on the Patreon channel. So I'm gonna do that, and then here's what I will do, because I know it's not all you are patrons, and I'm not trying to solicit everybody to go to Patreon. What I'm trying to do is work the ideas out on Patreon. If it works out, I will start releasing them over to this side or to the smaller channel. So I'm just letting you, the patrons know I'm doing that. And you guys know if you don't want to be a patron, don't worry. It'll roll out to you just after it gets refined a little bit. So uh, I like the idea of talking about the shame shelf. Um, so there you go. But back to my initial discussion and thought I was going to have when I was talking to hopeful YouTube channels is learn, uh, learn to figure out what bigger channels don't want to do and then do that. Stop chasing what a bigger channel is doing. It's just going to, it's just, it's not going to work. So for instance, uh, if all the channels are reviewing uh, guitars, especially like, you know, Harley Benton's and stuff, don't chase Harley Benton. Try to find someone who needs help besides Harley Benton. So what I, reason I say that is uh, cable companies are constantly trying to send channels product, free product. And as you guys know, so if you're a small channel, think about this. You spend a lot of money on cables. Um, I used to just get them and give them away. But to be honest with you, the time involved and it, it's, it's just it's astronomical to, to try to orchestrate the giveaway, get the cable in the mail. Um, I sold a guitar, one of my personal guitars this week. I gave away like an $80 cable and packaging and just gave it to the guy and said, here you go. Every time anyone's around me, I try to give some of the cables I get away because I just have so many cables. And I only use 
two cables, two companies' cables. That's what I prefer to use. I like all the cables, but I only use two companies' cables. So, uh, so I was going to tell you, the reason I'm telling you all this is a friend of mine who works at a cable asked me to check out some of his cables. I'm doing so because, one, he's a friend, and two, it's a, he said he's going to send me something interesting. We'll see if it's worth it. But take that advice. If you're a small YouTube channel and you're trying to get uh, uh, products and stuff, reach out to these cable companies. Reach out to the small accessory brand companies and... Uh, and to be honest with you, I wish I thought of that when I started this channel, when I started it, because uh, I had, I, that's the problem now I have. I have all these cables I bought, and then companies are trying to give them to me, but my cables don't go bad. So I don't need cables. I have tons of them new. So if I would have thought about it, I would have reached out to cables in the beginning, our companies, the cable companies. So runway cables, they look, they're looking for, uh, <laughs> looks like they're looking for some, some uh, marketing help. So if you're a small channel, reach out to them. Or cables like companies like that. Uh, oh, Pat says, and the two ca cable companies are yes, I use uh, Didario. Uh, the well, I think they're actually the Planet Waves cables. I'm looking down to see if I got one right next to me. I don't. Um, they're the ones that are made in the USA. Uh, I just like them. Been using them forever, and I use some Hosa cables because I like those. Those are the two companies I use. Um, I've tried everybody else's. I have, I have a bunch of cables. Like I have the PRS cables and stuff like that. But those are all by the same basic manufacturer that makes this cable for everybody. Uh, so it, it, and those are very good too. But the cables I use that you see me using all the time are my Didario cables. Those are like 90% of the time. And if I I'm not using those cables. I'm using some Hosa cables that I that I purchased that I like the hot, more higher end ones. Some of those I think Hosa gave me like one or two, and then I think one or two other ones I just you know, I purchased years ago and I have them. But mostly I'm using the Didario cables. So, um, so there you go. Uh, let's see. All right, let's find some questions. <laughs> it's starting to move now. Oh, by the way, I think I fixed the super chat thing. Um, so it, let's. I'm checking right now, refreshing, and let's see if it works. And the answer is yes. So the super chat system is fixed. So what that means is uh, I they're stored up now, so I don't lose them again. Remember, for a couple of weeks we lost them. YouTube had changed something. I finally figured out where they put it. Uh, if you guys have channels and you're looking for stuff like this, uh, it used to be in your community settings and now it's in your, uh, uh, monetization, monetization settings, which I guess makes sense either way. Uh, shut up, shut up. Let's talk. Shut up. Shut up. Let's talk says just got three pickup Epi black beauty upgrade tips. Um, well, you didn't say what, uh, black beauty Epiphone you got. I assume they only make the one. I'm not really, uh, super informed on the, that particular model throughout the years. Uh, my guess is, me personally, of course, broken record, put some locking keys on that. To me, an Epiphone guitar, let's just start with an Epiphone guitar. A couple things that I would address on an Epiphone guitar uh, is this, in, in this order of priority. I would first ensure it has a great nut. So upgrade that nut. It's huge. It doesn't cost a lot unless, of course, you have to have somebody install it and then, you know, think about that. But upgrade that nut, then the tuning keys, then I would do the pickups, and then I would do the bridge. Um, some people are going to say they would do the uh, potentiometers and the three-way switch. That is something also I would look at upgrading. But to be honest with you, when I think of the potentiometers, the output jack, and the three-way switch, it's it's something I like to upgrade on guitars. But it doesn't change sound, in my opinion, 
it doesn't change the sound so much as it changes its durability factor. So uh, nicer potentiometers, a nicer three-way switch for sure, uh, and a nicer output jack will last you a lot longer. So if you're trying to put the le uh, longevity in the guitar, that's a great way to do that. If you're gigging with the guitar, then I would focus on that. So like if a guy came in and said, um, yeah, I'm gigging with this uh, Epiphone Les Paul every weekend. I would say, hey, let's let's upgrade. Like, then I would focus like strap locks. Make sure you have that. Make sure you have some new potentiometers, three-way switch, and output jack, to, so it could take some of beating, uh, the nut, and of course the tuning keys for durability. Um, so that's the the typical boring things. But uh, those are the order I would I would focus on, and those are the logics I would kind of follow if I was going to mod that kind of guitar. Um, Dan Brown says my Taylor two two. 224 CE acoustic is showing some small vertical cracks on the top. Yep. How do I fix and prevent them from spreading more? Uh, thanks. You know what? At that point, uh, with that guitar, because you're talking about a guitar that's over $1,000, you're talking about a tailor. The tailors are notorious for those thin tops. And you don't know what's going on underneath now, right? Because now you have the hairline cracks. Excuse me, guys, for drinking some water. Um, I would definitely first, you know, if you've ever seen a how to inspect an acoustic guitar, I have that video. You can use a, a little mirror and go in there and look underneath. If you don't have a mirror, take your cell phone and videotape, you know, stick it in there and videotape it and then look at what you saw uh, to see if there's any bracings that are broke free or loose or coming loose because that's usually the, the way this goes. The tops crack, but a lot of times something underneath has happened first. So you want to make sure that that's not the case or you want to make sure that's the case so you know where to go. Um, but at that point, either way, I would take it to a certified tailor repair center. Um, and that's the safest way. Now, if you can't find a certified tailor repair center, look for a luthier who specializes in acoustics. Um, there, it's, it's not a hard fix, okay? It's just you want somebody who knows what they're doing because when you mess with the top of an acoustic, you are changing the tone, okay? That's what I want you to think about. It's not about how important it is to fix repair. It is, but it's also important not to change the way the guitar sounds. Sometimes when you mess with the top, fix the tops, you can deaden or change the tone of an acoustic guitar, and that's, uh, you know, sucks. <laughs> you know, to be honest, if you like the way the guitar sounds, you don't want it to do that. Um, Okay, so now that I have a way to pen Super Chats, I appreciate you guys doing some Super Chats, but like I said, they're over on the side pinned. I want to try and find some topics everybody's looking for, and I, like I said, I try to make sure to get to all the Super Chats as well. Um, ha, Melissa says, well, it, at least it's just a shelf and not a whole garage. No, no, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty hardcore about saying no to companies. In fact, that's something I'll probably talk about in that video to topic is there's about uh, a half a dozen products that that just weren't sent to me blindly. They were sent to me after I told companies flat out, please don't send it to me. I'm not interested. And they sent it anyways in hopes that, you know, you would you would do it. And so, you know, so, you know, sometimes that has actually been some of my favorite pieces of gear because I just in my head was like, no, I'm not interested. And then I got it. And then I was like, oh, they sent it anyways. And then I messed with it. And, uh, you know, actually the perfect example of that was uh, Line 6. I had no interest in ever using a modeling unit ever. Uh, you guys, it was one of those things you guys perpetually talk about as a whole, as a community. I just never going to pull the trigger. I'm never going to look at those products. And, uh, and then Line 6 sent one blindly. And to be honest with you, it was like, it was a pretty long agonizing experience. Like I've told you guys a couple weeks ago with just messing with it. I think if I would have bought one new, a uh, Line 6 Helix, 
I think I would have returned it very quickly. You know what I mean? Because I knew I wouldn't have liked it. And you know what I mean? So if you get it out of the box and you mess with it for a few hours, you're like, look, I'm just no reason to waste money on this thousand bucks or whatever, put it away and, and go. So, um, uh, uh, so, you know, that's, it was great. I was able to experiment. And from that, this is what ended up happening with that. I actually had it for about a year, kept messing with it, messing with it and came to the conclusion that although it's very cool product, it was not for me, but what was great was I actually sold it to a patron. That's a, that's a good patron of mine. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and then I took the money from that and I bought the Helix Stomp. So basically all it's like, basically I swapped the Helix, uh, LT for the Helix Stomp is basically how it worked. Um, I actually, you know, you don't, not that it matters, you guys, but as you guys know, the rule of, of how this works, you know, when you sell something and then you pay the fees and everything, I had to put a little in to get the Helix Stomp now, but uh, it was worth it. And I feel like really good. And, and uh, I can honestly say I really like that product. So, which is important, I think. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, William says he just ordered the Pod Go, speaking of line six. I heard it's cool. Like I said, I saw the the demo unit. When I say demo, I didn't get to hear it. I got to saw it, see it physically at the NAMM show. So, I mean, I saw it. I haven't heard it. So, really interested to see what you guys think. Um, oh, here's a good question. Michael uh patterson uh patterson michael patterson says have you ever had to shim the f- a fender neck with the larger part of the shim facing the headstock instead of the bridge absolutely so what he's asking is hey when you're shimming the neck you know as you know the neck go- uh, uh, hits the the back of the neck is towards the bridge the front of the neck of course is away from the bridge yes have i ever had to shim that of course um sometimes you have to use a full shim but uh, but uh, the reason I'm kind of saying that way is a lot of times when the full shim, it's still angled, but I've had to actually flip one of those or just put the shim at the front part of the neck. Yeah, to, to, but usually when I do that, it's to fix a problem. There's something wrong with the neck that I'm trying to, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say adapt, but, you know, kind of compensate for. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if it works, it works. In other words, if the neck works after you do that, it's not a not bad but that's why i've done it i've done it to compensate for a problem although by that logic uh when you shim the neck anyways you're probably compensating for the problem on the neck but yes the answer is yes i've had to do it and more than just fenders a lot of guitars okay uh hold on real quick this new screen is so weird and i love how like we're never going to get used to any system because there'll always be a new system Okay, so David's got a super chat. He says, any new guitar you see will hold value same as vintage Gibsons. Okay, so any new guitar, any new guitars that I see that will hold a value the same as vintage Fenders or, or Gibsons, uh, if, if thinking investing, what guitar would you go for? The best advice I could give you, it's so much generic advice, but it's I, I'm telling you this, David, with like all the heart and... Uh, and 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 sensitivity and force and everything. I just basically I want you to take this advice is what I'm trying to say. Take this advice. Uh, buy what you love. Okay. Do not calculate what is going to work in the market. You will 
lose more times than win. Uh, everyone is trying out. It's just like every market, whether it's a stock market or it's a you know a used car market or whatever. Everybody's calculating stuff, and and you gotta understand, there's people out there that have a lot of experience, and they're gonna get it right a lot. And if you don't have that experience, it's gonna get real tough on you. But you gotta understand the part. The part that I really want to let you know is that every friend that I know that is a vintage guitar collector or a guitar a professional guitar reseller have the same stories. We have the same stories. I have endless stories of how much money I've lost. <laughs> endless, right? Uh, and that's and that's and then of course, thank goodness. You have endless stories of times you won. You know what I mean? You made money. And over time, you refine that into where you don't lose money and you always kind of win for the most part. You mostly win. That being said, um, and the reason I say that is, is no, everybody's trying to calculate this. And I've heard it all. I've heard it like only buy the American guitars. Uh, some people say only buy the guitars. You know, th- hey, kids were, you know, adults. And, you know, 10 years ago, those kids are becoming adults now. And now just think about guitars 10 years ago. All these scenarios. And here's what I will tell you. If you buy a guitar that you like, uh, you're already going to win because you like it. And then if it holds value, it goes up. It's good. Although in your second part of your question, if you're thinking about investing in guitars, I don't think I would invest in guitars as a, uh, as a, hey, if I buy this, it will go up. There's something you can do right now if you're going to invest in guitars that already makes sense. Find good deals on guitars. Now, if you know a guitar sells for $1,000 used everywhere you look, and you can pick one up for $600 or $500, you're already ahead of the game, right? You, that's how you really do this. That's how everybody else is doing this as well, too. Um, I still buy uh, probably a guitar a month, maybe two a month. Um, that's why you guys will see guitars pop in and they pop out and they're not part of my review process. They're just guitars I happen by, got a smoking deal on them, and then flipped them for a profit. You know what I mean? Uh, it happens all the time. You know what I mean? It happened a couple months ago. I think I told you guys about an amplifier. I found a smoking deal on an amplifier. It was less than half of what they normally go for. And uh, I, I went and met the guy, bought it. It was exactly what it was. And then I flipped it that week for a little bit more than double what I paid. Um, but I was interested in the amplifier, and there was a small chance I was going to keep it. What happened was I played it, and I liked it. I didn't love it. So since I love it, I'd rather just flip it and take the money and put in something else. So that's part of the fun. I did it, you know, obviously, because part of, you know, it's ingrained in me from being a guitar dealer for 13 years. But it's also just something to do for fun. So there you go. But uh, here's a good example, uh, David. Uh, Like I said, buy stuff you dig. I bought this... uh, Behind me is a, uh, I think it's a 98. 98, might be a 99, I have to look. Uh, PV USA made uh, Wolfgang Hardtail. The Hardtails are do not go for, this, uh, for the same money the Floyds do. Uh, people don't want the Hardtails as much. I bought it because, one, it's a USA made Wolfgang, and they don't make them anymore, and they're not gonna. <laughs> okay? Um, I know PV did the uh, HP reissues and stuff, but if you know the backstory on that, you know that's not a long-term plan. And uh, and that, you know what I mean? So And that's still not this. This. Um, so what happened was I found the one I wanted in perfect condition in the color I want. It looks black in this, but it's purple. I bought it for a good price. I didn't steal it by any means. I got I paid fair market, maybe on the shallow side of fair market, but still fair market. And um, I didn't buy it because it's an investment. I bought it because I want one. It's fun. 
And I really believe it's worth what I paid for it and it will be worth what I paid for it in 10 years. So if in the next five to 10 years I get bored of it, I'll sell it off. I'll get my money back and essentially I get to play a Wolfgang and it's because, like I said, you can't find a USA made PV Wolfgang anymore because, well, you can find them, but you know what I mean? They don't, can't find new ones. They don't make them. So that's, that's basically my advice on that. Have some fun because in the end, that's what's really going to matter in, in the investing part too. Because otherwise the first time you have a bad experience, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to drop you to your knees. Okay, uh, let's do some non-super chats, chat, super chats. Let's not do some super chats is what I'm saying. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert uh, DiMartino, DiMartino says, hey, Glary P base, should I spend money to set it up? Question mark, seems fine. I'm a beginner. Nice base for the price, $84 US. No, don't pay for a setup. The setup's gonna cost as much as the base. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward base. There's a truss rod you have to adjust. There's some saddles you have to adjust. You'll set the intonation. It's a very, very straightforward thing to do. I believe that if you do it yourself, you, you'll be able to do it yourself, okay? Just, just uh, um, you know, do it, <laughs> right? Think about this. I'm not saying $84 is not a lot of money. I'm just saying that, let me put it this way, um, depending on where you are, you know, right in the country, or if you're even in this country, you know, wherever you are, setups are gonna range between $30 to $100 for a setup, depending on what the setup entails and who's doing it and, you know, all that stuff, right? So what I'm basically getting at is, is that is the base that you want to learn to do setups on. If you're interested in doing setups, if you're interested in doing them or learning to do them, that's the instrument you want to. If you're not interested, then, you know, maybe take it for a setup, but I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. it. It's just, it shouldn't need any more adjustment other than setting the intonation, which is just moving the saddles on the bridge and maybe adjusting the truss rod, you know, and tightening or loosening it. That's it. Very straightforward, but definitely don't put the money into that. You know, it's, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> so, Quentin James, I have no idea what the hell you're saying. But it is funny. You're saying spaghetti in chili, question mark. Otherwise, it's soup. You know, what's funny about that is my grandfather used to put spaghetti in his chili. And um, uh, I just thought it was weird because I've never heard of anybody doing it besides him. That's so strange. And and uh, I had it, I think I had it once when I was a kid. And I always like wanted to do it again. And every time I mentioned to my wife, she's like, this just sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Am I missing out? You guys know something? Does chili need carbs? <laughs> is that what it is? Um, see, D Mitchell, man, this is chili goes with crackers, not noodles. Yes. Uh, and that's what the beans are for. This is the weird. I love it when the show goes weird off the rails. We're just going to talk about chili and stuff my grandfather uh, just so you know weird thing just because it's funny my grandfather ate chili uh, uh chili spaghetti which is you know chili on spaghetti noodles and i think he ate country uh is it chicken fried steak there's a country fried steak is that a thing remember i'm in arizona I, anyways it's like chicken fried steak the reason i tell you this is he ate like three things that's it it's like chicken fried steak chili was in on spaghetti noodles and um 
and what else? Like one other thing, right? Maybe like a grilled cheese sandwich. So he, but was re- the reason I'm telling you that is he was a weird. It was weird because he was the only person I've I met. I met maybe one or two, but maybe he didn't like food. So he never ate except for like three or four things that were all really bad for you like that. And he would only eat them sometimes. I mean, literally, he would eat like once a day, if that. And if he did, it was one of those things. Um, and so that was a chicken fried steak, Grumpy Mike uh, says. See? Chicken fried steak. So there you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Apparently, you guys have strong feelings about chicken fried steak. Um, well, when the quarantine's over, maybe I'll go to the Cracker Barrel and give it a try. (laughs) Uh. Oh, here's a good one. Dan says, any reason why AMS can no longer finance vendors over $700? Interesting. Uh, he's not saying that. I'm saying that. He's saying money issues. I had not heard that. Anyone else heard that too? Maybe I can reach out to AMS and ask them. I have a contact at AMS. Uh, as you guys know, I did some videos with them at the beginning of the year. We did the Music Nomad stuff, and I did my Les Paul video and stuff. So maybe I can reach out to those guys and see if there's something up with that. I, I hadn't seen or heard anything like that. So I wonder what that is. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting that they're not doing that. I wonder if I wonder if when they do the financing, they make the uh, manufacturers pay some of that. That is sometimes uh, the case with retailers, believe it or not. Large retailers can force manufacturers. I don't want to use the word force, although I just did. Uh, so, you know, you guys understand how this works. Um, let, let me give you a, a synopsis that makes a lot of sense, okay? Or a story that makes a lot of sense. Um, essentially, you buy something 0% financing, okay? And the way that works, is the uh, the uh, the company that's offering it, let's say a store, is going to pay the finance charge for you. Okay, they're going to pay the finance so that they get the sale. That's how this works, right? No finance company is financing you for zero. Now, sometimes the finance company and the retailer are the same. Like I believe Sweetwater is self financing, something like that, right? Could be wrong. Um, but anyways, the point is um, that's that's how it works. Now I know for a fact that some retailers have enough strength in the market that they can have the manufacturers pay for the financing. And how that would work is, is let's say the product uh, sells for $1,000 and they're selling it uh, street and the manufacturer charges $700 to the retailer. The retailer will say, okay, well, we're going to probably finance that. And because we're financing that and it's 0% interest, we want to cover the finance charge. Let's say that's like 5%. So they want, uh, they want to buy it for $650. So essentially the discount being given to the retailer by the manufacturer is covering the, covering the finance charge. Um, and uh, so, so what I'm saying, the reason I'm saying this, and again, that, that's all true. That happens every day. And there's all kinds of versions of that. Some of you guys are going to have comments about that. Uh, I can only speak about all the ways I've done it <laughs> in retail and all the ways I've I've worked with companies in the last year or two and how they're doing it. But what I uh, can't tell you is is why specifically the thing with Fender, but I can give you a, a guess. It's just an educated guess, and that's all it is. Maybe Fender isn't willing to give discounts in that range, right? Uh, so maybe uh, it could be possible. Again, this is conjecture, okay? So, you, you know, it's possible that if if there is no financing happening at over $700 fenders, which is going to usually be American-made fenders, fenders basically saying, yeah, for the American product, we're not offering a discount. And then that gives AMS less incentive to want to do 0% financing for you guys. 
there you go. And please don't mention the fact that the financing is not 0% if you go late or you don't pay on time, they add the financing charges. That's called double dipping and that's what they want. They want that on top of the other thing. So remember all 0% finance is usually done that way, except for AMS is not really financing. It's like layaway, but you get it, they give it to you now because they're not making you do credit checks. So, all right, that <laughs> hope that makes sense. If you guys have more, there's more about that. We can talk about that. Uh, De uh, Dead Shred 999 says, Z Zounds, Zounds self-finances, but they don't take responsibility for any problem and talk down to you. Now, keep in mind, when some, okay, keep in mind, uh, I'm not defending them, I have no idea. I've never worked with them and I don't know them. But usually, uh, this says, your rest of your statement is, they treated me like a kid after 35 years uh, of playing, which, uh, which I let them know. Now, when you say they, remember, I like to say this, they is a four letter word. I hate they, and I, and no, I mean nothing wrong to uh, dead shred. I understand what you're saying. I just want to tell you that this, just think this way for a second. When somebody says, they told me I can't do it, I always say, well, there is no they. They is a four-letter word. Who told you you can't do it? And they go, they. And I go, there is no they. Who did it? And they're like, it's Mike. And I'm like, well, Mike is wrong. Let's go talk to Mike. That's how you solve problems. So so, so uh, Dead Shred, uh, so when you say they, I'm not saying you're wrong, uh, but if you had five or six reps and or a manager and they're all telling you the same thing and they're all treating you like that, then you have a big problem. Otherwise, you have one employee and you want to just address that with the company company itself. My experience has been most companies, if you have a bad experience with an employee, if they're a decent company, they're going to want to know that and have an opportunity to fix that. If they're not a decent company, then, uh, well, yeah, they'll have a bunch of uh, crap heads uh, trying to PG it for you guys. Uh, yeah. So it could be, you could be right, totally right on the Z sounds thing, but I'm just saying, give them, I'm giving the option right now to everyone else uh, is is that if it's a person, address it with that person, rat them out to their boss, and uh, and uh, because everybody can hire a, a bad person. Mike is also a four-letter word. Thanks, Brian. But you understand what I mean by four-letter word. I'm trying to be sarcastic. There, there you go. Crap heads. <laughs> yeah. I feel like on the live show, I've been closer and closer to just flat out just cursing. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, Beast Rich uh, 581 says, I bought a factory second eight string bass off Z Sound site two weeks ago and I didn't have any problems with the sale or with the shipping. Yeah, you know, my, my thing is most of the time when I'm dealing with retailers online, I don't even know. I mean, to be honest with you, to be very clear, I don't even know who who they are, or I don't I don't have any experience of it. In other words, I clicked a button on a website, something showed up in the mail. I don't really can't even speak of the experience. They they took my money and a thing showed up. It's so I I, have, I think I've told you this before when it comes to Sweetwater. Although my Sweetwater rep seems like a nice guy, I've never physically talked to him. He sends me the email. This week I bought something off Sweetwater. And then the next day, because, uh, you know, because it's COVID and crazy times right now, they, he sent me an email saying, hey, Phil, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, they charged me for it and they're going to ship it, but I guess they don't have it. And they're like, we don't have it. So I said, okay, no problem. So they just refunded my money back in my account. Um, that's probably the most interaction I have with him. So, because nothing wrong with anybody. I just don't need interaction. I click the thing. I really just want the process to be, I click it on the website. I know what I wanted. Click the thing on the website shows up a couple days later so i understand um 
but I'm always curious about that when you guys talk about these experiences because I find that I I have very limited uh, ex, uh, I have very limited limited exchanges when it comes to online companies. Yeah, Ed Pax says my Sweetwater rep calls me every time I make an order and thanks me. Guess what? I purposely won't give them my number, so they only every time my uh, Sweetwater gets a product from me, they call my wife. <laughs> it's true. Uh, she she scowls at me a lot because she's like, why why are they calling me? And I'm like, I don't know. You have to put in a phone number, and I'm not talking to anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know why it's an extra step to the process i don't need is what i'm basically getting at nothing against uh, them at all again i like sweetwater i buy from them pretty regular in fact this covid thing i think that's been, been who's getting most of my money just because i know they're shipping and shipping fast um E.R. Webster says, I got a call from Sweetwater Rep six months after buying a pedal to see how I was getting along with it. Yeah, my understanding, if you guys don't know about that, uh, Sweetwater, how it works, my understanding is that I've heard uh, through, if you, <laughs> I've heard from Sweetwater employees that they have to like make 200 outbound calls a day. So like if they're not getting orders or calls from us, they're supposed to call out to us. Uh, it sounds like a good business strategy. You know what I mean? It's one of those things like deep down. I'm like, I hate that as a person. I, I hate that idea of that. It's a telemarketing crap. I can't stand, but as a business and as someone who appreciates business, smart business, you know, right? If you're going to have your employees sitting around, might as well have them making outbound calls. You know, it's one of those, uh, hate and appreciate at the same time. I hate that they do it, but I appreciate their, you know, initiative. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? You guys are thinking, are you talking about your reps? That's, the, what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. You guys, you guys crack me up in emails to me too. You guys are always talking about your reps. Like my, my rep Drew and my rep Dave. And I'm like, yeah, it's so weird. I, again, again, I love that you guys love it. I think it's cool. I have no interest in that. I just want to click the, like I said, I just, I buy on Reverb. In fact, I can tell you right now, 90% of my purchases are on Reverb. It's been very consistent. Uh, and it's because um, I, I purchase on Reverb a lot, even new, especially new, um, uh, because I'll, I just go through Reverb and I look for the closest place. So if there's a store in California that has it and the price is a good price, uh, I'll buy it from them and uh, I get it in a day, you know what I mean? Or two days. So I'll just proximity things. Um, <laughs> okay, and then last, I'm gonna give Brian the last last on this on this topic. He says I buy strings and my rep calls me and we talk about 15 minutes. See, that's great, just not for me. <laughs> and then, oh, real quick, uh, I'm not old. I'm vintage. Says what email address do you want shirts uh, p pictures into? Just pmcknight7 at gmail.com. That uh, is the perfect way to send a shirt to me. Uh, if you could put in the subject shirt, it gets, it gets you know, fast. I see it fast and I know what it is and I go right to it. And, and I'm always fast to respond to those, to let you guys know I got it and then put it in my folder so I can use it in a video. Uh, so appreciate that. Uh, Gray Guitars has 6,000 comments <laughs> and none of them are with the, with the, uh, <laughs> with the, uh, the question mark first and then now they all disappeared all right 
let me go. Let me go. I've been letting some super chats hold, so let me give me a second. Let me hit, hit one or two of those. Let's see what's going on with that stuff. Um, this is kind of fun. I think you guys are kind of leading today's show. Um, all right, hold on, hold on. Oh, well, okay, so let's start with uh, Ross. Ross uh, Johnson says, advice for bass player. One, going from beginner to inter- intermediate. Two, what are some essential gear or well-rounded bass players? Okay, three, biggest bass player mistakes uh, for <laughs> J versus B. Wow, this is a lot of stuff. Okay, so I'm just going to highlight it over real quick. Going from, uh, so the question is, what are some essential gear? A, a well-rounded bass players essential gear bass is easy man just a bass guitar and an amp i don't even use an amp <laughs> like i said i use a little preamp i take that with me wherever i go um and uh i just plug into that at home i'll plug into uh my preamp into uh my audio interface and play through my monitors uh so i do that but essentially that's all i need and then i usually if i'm going to use any outboard gear or pedals i use a compressor Um, but my preamp pedal has compressor built into it. So I'll use that as well, but that's it. Just super easy. I don't use effects. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, I used to use a wah pedal for bass, but I stopped, you know what I mean? No, for no particular reason, just wasn't doing it anymore. Um, and so I think that's, what's great about bass players is that they're just essentially get, get their instrument and go. Uh, and the biggest mistakes bass players make not using a metronome. Is a bass is a bass player is a as a as a bass player as a bass player, I can tell you you really need a metronome and and the metronome I highly recommend are any the Whitner ones I think it's W H and then like Whitner um, they're they're German made ones but there's knockoffs on Amazon they're all fine but any of the crank up ones you mechanical ones and the reason why i say that and i'm just giving you this again you can use any metronome you want i mean they're on your apps they're on everything i use those because i like the way they sound i like the click of them the digital clicks really grade my ears the synthetic block sounds too don't really sound good to me either but they're better but i just like the mechanical ones, so i use just a mechanical metronome i have a piano whitner one too like the, the big piano ones you see whenever you see piano players um i have one of those i have one of the small ones all right i'm back my throat went dry if you can't see from my eyes and uh yeah i need more water bad <laughs> i told you guys sometimes when you're talking for an hour straight wow okay uh where are we at <laughs> let's uh yeah hairball <laughs> james johnson hairball i feel like it man uh the uh, that was uh, that was not fun. Uh, my sinuses have been driving me crazy, and then now just talking is just not the best. Um, so yeah, J base over P base, and then I'll go to the next question, which is Grumpy Mike. Grumpy Mike says, "Your thoughts on the Torpedo Captor X? Uh, if you have any, I I have no idea. I have no idea what it, nothing about it. I've uh, tried some of the Torpedo stuff, the Captor stuff. Um, when I say tried it, it's always been at these like GitCon type events. They always seem to sponsor those events and they have the product there. I've used used it passively. What I mean by passively, it's it, I think it's in the rooms and I think it's been used in some of the videos I've done as far as I know. But I mean, I never really, you know what I mean? It wasn't anything I particularly did. Um, I have, and I, that's the problem. I have my Rivera Rock Crusher. It, I like it, and that's what it comes down to. It's not that I 
picked it over the captor stuff or the the two notes uh stuff i just i liked it i bought that used i got a really good deal on it like i think 250 300 bucks for the rivera rock crusher um which in which is a good deal and since i'm happy with it it doesn't make sense to you know i don't need another product um and i know they like to send them to channels but i don't think i've ever made their radar for whatever reason which is fine which is more than fine um but i'm just saying that's you know so uh sorry i just never tried it uh steven sock says i've got a 2020 uh, 2020 i got a 2020 epiphone with new bone nut should i upgrade a tusk no it's basically the same thing so you're fine um New Bone, I think, is Tusk. I think it's some kind of branding thing, but I think it's the same company, right? If it's not, it's the same parent company or something. Either way, it's the same. I've never experienced anything different with the two, so I wouldn't change it. Um, Joseph says, what do you think about Epiphone Les Paul Tribute plus Gibson 57 pickups, Grover locking tuners, uh, carved maple tops, Switchcraft electronics, and more? Uh, I think that sounds great. You're talking about doing that to your guitar? Um, or it has that. Let's see. What do you think about the Epiphone Les Paul Tribute Plus? And I, I assume it has this. 57 Gibson pickups. Um, as you guys know, I'm I'm really, I would really, I was tr- trying to try to review some Epiphones this year. I got one, and uh, and that was really nice of Epiphone to send it out. I already shipped, shipped that guitar back. That was the, uh, the Lizzie Hale. Um... But of course, because of COVID, there's just no way to ship me any product. So my goal is to hopefully get some more Epiphones on the channel and check them out and talk about them and look at them, you know, right? Because it seems to be gear you guys are really interested in. Um, So hopefully that will happen. Uh, ER Webster said, did you know Sweetwater suspended the 55-point inspection as well as pictures of the instruments? I'm guessing no more weighing either now. Uh, so I, I can't speak to why that is. I can only give you what I got uh, as a uh, sense of what I understand what's going on with Sweetwater right now. They are on a limited crew status so at Sweetwater. So to comply with uh, the COVID-19 uh, things, <clears throat> they are not at full capacity. They don't have full employee. Uh, not all the employees are at the facility. So they're trying to get out what they can. So I would imagine right now... It's about, uh, and again, guys, thank you guys for understanding how to drink some water. Um, um, uh, it's about now just getting product out. You know what I mean? I, I hate to say it. And I'm sure the logic is, hey, look, they're playing, they're playing, I think it's a smart move. Get the product out. If you have a problem with it, you're going to have to ship it back. But the odds are it's going to be 1 in 10, 1 in 20. You know what I mean? And so at least you're getting those out. Where versus if they had to add those, those or keep those processes going with less staff, it would be impossible. So that would be my understanding. I, I, I like, like let, let me put it to you this way. Um, my wife's taking the opportunity since we're trapped in the house to paint the house. She's painting the entire house, uh, new colors. She's been doing a fantastic job. I've helped only with the, uh, the high parts on the ceilings and stuff. But anyways, she wanted some new shelves. And so I ordered them on Ikea and uh it's about a week or so i hadn't heard anything from ikea i went into my invoice order hit tracking and it says june 18th because ikea is closed and even though it says it's shipping from his warehouse they're not shipping out my couple little shelves till june 18th that's when ikea is going to ship them so apparently so what i'm saying is is yeah it's a nuts it's like i said anybody can get anything out right now it seems to be uh tough 
is what I get. And, um, and uh, I mean, even Guitar Center was shut down for a little while, and then they're back up. I My understanding is they're back up. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I think, and again, I can confirm. I'll, I'll tell you what, ER, uh, that's something, like I said, I can email the Sweetwater people I, I work with, uh, you know what I mean, and ask them if that's a permanent thing or temporary. Um, the people I work with wouldn't know because they're not in sales, but they could probably ask. Uh, so... <clears throat> So uh, I'll ask, but I, I would assume it's not a uh, it's permanent thing. It's temporary for the, the COVID. Okay. Dream Signals says, have you played with the PRSSE Torero, Floyd Rose, EMG, neck through guitar? I have. Um, in 2010, discontinued after a few years, neck, uh, neck opinions. Yeah. <clears throat> well, not only have I played them, uh, I remember we sold them, and then I remember we sold a bunch when they discontinued them because we got them for smoking deals. I think I think they were a thousand dollars street price, and I think dealer on it was like six and change, and then all of a sudden they were like four, and I was like, oh, let's 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 buy them up and sell them. Uh, and if I recall, it came in like two colors, red and black or dark gray. Could be wrong on that. Uh, I always liked the guitar. I thought it was really cool. It was a weird guitar at the time because, you know, it was right after, uh, you know, P- uh, Paul had said he, you know, he didn't get Floyd Rose and he would never use a Floyd Rose. And then all of a sudden he had Floyd Roses and he didn't understand MGs. I mean, um, Paul Smith's kind of funny dude. If you really pay attention, which is uh, unfortunate, I, I have over the years, almost everything he's ever said that he doesn't like, they do now. He didn't like EMGs, they've done that. He didn't like Floyd Roses, they've done that, <laughs> right? He doesn't like bone, he liked his his graphite nut material, they do bone. Um, and and again, it, it's a it's a compliment. Uh, it just doesn't sound like one. It sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm dinging him for it. But really, it's like a, hey, it takes a, a, per, a type of person to understand you have to adapt. You have to adapt. And he's adapted very well. Right, the market has told him what they want, and he's moved towards it to to make sales. Uh, so I think for the most part that's good. But that guitar is very cool. I would che- I would check it out. If you're asking me if you should get one, well, you know the policy is always to say yes. But that guitar in particular is really cool. And now my screen is frozen. <laughs> I'm gonna cough, and the screen will freeze. That'll be the day. All right. Um, uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Oops. Oh, I hate it when this moves around. Okay. We have, uh, we got James May. He says, Hey, Phil, working on Friends Partcaster has Fender made a Japan neck. Uh, think it has a mem body. No marks or writing on it. Okay, um, so he's working on parts of caster, and it's made from, and it has a Fender made in Japan neck. I think it has a made. Okay. Oh, any way to determine it? To determine what? What the body is? Uh, well, the fastest way to figure out if it's a made Mexico body is if you're lucky, it'll have the three holes. It'll have the bigger diameter hole and then the two small holes on each side. That's the fastest way to determine if it's a made Mexico body. If it doesn't have that, uh, then then it takes a little bit it's a little more work and it's a little harder if it doesn't have any markings, any actual markings written in it. But that that three hole pattern is really what you want to want to check for. Uh, Jim seven seven, thank you. Did a uh, body use headless Kiesel? It has an awful mildew smell any advice to get rid of this i don't want to return it since uh, i've bonded with it um 
in the guitar or on the case in the gig bag bag think about this the mildew smell i would imagine on the guitar would have to adhere to um uh it would have to be stuck on the wood right because i would imagine a, the shiny finish i don't know see this is a, one of those things that's going to be out of my wheelhouse i live in arizona <laughs> right it's if we don't get you know get that stuff the only experience i had is when i i bought that used marshall cabinet and it had mold in it um and then in that case all i did was i hired a company and they came out and treated it so they came and treated it and and then told me my house had mold <laughs> uh, i'm laughing because i always uh, you know i think i've told you guys this story before right they came in and they're like oh well we'll get rid of it and we'll check your house for mold and like oh it sounds like oh now your house has mold <laughs> so i'm like oh great and it's one of those things once they tell you that you can go well <clears throat> i don't think that's possible but uh, trying to convince your wife that everything's fine is really tough. Um, Raymond, just do a super chat. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, Jacob King says, do you have uh, advice whoops, uh, or recommendations to make transitioning from home jamming to open mic, blues bars, guitar playing, easier things? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so the advice and the gear recommendations? Well, here's the thing. On the open mic jam thing, Here's what you want to do. Don't overcomplicate your rig. Don't be that guy that has all the all the 50 pedals and all the weird sounds and all that stuff. You got to set up for an hour. It's not worth it. It just drives everybody crazy. Um, the uh, so just go simple, man. Get a small amp, uh, you know that sounds good. A little tube amp, something little, you know, a little easy thing to do. You can do solid state too. Just keep your amp simple. Keep a guitar that stays in tune, right? That's important. Get a good tuner. Uh, so make sure your guitar is all tuned up and ready to go and have a good cable. That's it. So, hold on a second. Let me read a couple things. <laughs> D 2008 D Bravo says, living in Arizona, how can your house have mold? Well, <coughs> excuse me, guys. <clears throat> uh, basically, it's easy. I bought a cabinet that off the internet it had this horrible mold smell uh my wife was freaked out that it had mold so we hi uh, hired the company comes out to check for mold they said yeah there's mold in the cabinet um and then they go we could check your house and then they went oh you have mold from the cabinet i guess i don't know and so again uh the the problem is uh you guys will understand if you have kids and w family when somebody comes in your house and says oh you have mold it's hard to go, oh, I'm, well, then fine, go away. <laughs> no, you got to take care of it. I cannot get rid of this tickle in my throat. It's driving me crazy. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Uh, Daryl says, could you have just sprayed bleach on the cabinet yourself? I guess, yeah, you could take... A, a water watered down bleach solution solution and spray it inside the cabinet absolutely um but i do have a kid with asthma so and i'm not gonna take any chances you know what i mean not for a speaker cabinet it's not that it's not the thing like i said we're a little more sensitive to it because i live in a dry climate it's something we're not used to smelling 
You know what I mean? I, I know I have a lot of friends on the East Coast, and when I go visit them, there's a lot of things when I walk in their house and I smell like a mildewy smell, and it's like normal. But where I live, it's so dry that when you smell it, it seems really like out of place. So you're like, oh, this is really weird. So, so yeah, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like, Phil must be drinking some Coronas. Um. Oh, Simple Green works well too. All right, let me finish up some questions and then we'll call it. Uh, I have a couple more. Uh, I have one from BK says, think uh, TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday. I got a Fender Duosonic 3, couple, uh, got a Fender Duosonic 3 weeks ago, changed the pickups to be uh, darker and I cannot put it down. Light, easy to play, sounds great. Uh, and inspiring just wanted to share for a little happiness cheers you know that's really cool um that's a great guitar the duo sonic i always liked it um i had a yellow one oh back in 2005 i want to say and i always loved that guitar and um <clears throat> that was a guitar i didn't sell i traded it it was one of those things where i had an opportunity somebody had something i wanted and that's what i had that they wanted and so it made it made sense to uh, to trade it, you know, for the trade. But I wouldn't have ever sold it. But I, but like I said, for the trade I want and what I wanted, it was worth it was worth it. So, um, famous Dave says you want to sell your Avet Young guitar? I cannot. It's not mine. It is here right here because of COVID-19. It cannot go back. There's no one to receive it at the Ibanez facility. So they were they sent the guitar to me so I could do the video. I did the video and I was supposed to send it back like I did the Epiphone. The Epiphone went back just a couple days ago. Think about this. That was a month ago I did the video, um, but that was the first time Epiphone had somebody to, to take it in and process it. Um, so currently, Ibanez has no one to ship out or ship in product in the U.S. right now. So in, once they do, the guitar will go back. <clears throat> uh, ha! Dan says on the East Coast, house uh, household orders uh, or orders oh god odors change month to month. That's funny. Say that twice as fast. The Neo Pioneer says, what is the best way to level frets on a neck that doesn't want to give enough relief to straighten out with the strings are on? And I want to make sure I read this twice. It says, uh, so the relief to straighten out when the strings are on. What's the best way to level the frets on a neck that doesn't want to give enough relief? So what you're saying is, well, when you say give enough relief, the neck should go to straight because if it's got string tension and there's no truss rod, if, and the truss rod's not has no tension on it, the neck should definitely be straight. So that's my first thing is I would definitely check because it doesn't sound right what you're what you're explaining. What what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing is if you're talking about you want the neck bone straight with relief, you want the neck to have relief. Uh, if you've loosened the truss rod all the way and there's strings on it and there's tension on it. It should be at the very least straight. It actually should be forward a little bit. So uh, I would make sure that your truss rod is uh, loose or release. And here's what I mean by that. If it's a dual action truss rod, you may have gone the other way. And although that would push it up and you would even be. 
Either way, it sounds like that's, that doesn't sound right what you're explaining. <laughs> so it's possible, but it doesn't sound right. <laughs> you guys have the weirdest, weirdest questions. Um, um, hold on, I'm just checking for something else. He says off. Hold on. Oh, the strings are off. Ah, thank you for sending off. Okay, so that changes the story. So what you're saying is is that the the strings are off and the neck's not. And so, <clears throat> how do you, I how do you do it? Well, there's a jig you can do it with, um, but essentially you may have to put the strings on it. Um, I know Stumac has that tool you can do it with your strings on. Um, you could. I use a, I have a jig that goes underneath the neck and it, and that's what I do. And that's what sucks. Cause some of the things that, that I have that I I've used to cheat for so many years, that's the way I prefer to do it. But I, that's what I would do. But I would also, you could also see about putting strings back on it. Also, it's not, it depends. Again, these are the hardest questions sometimes when we're doing these live shows, cause I can't see what you're looking at. So it's hard to, to talk about the options that you have. Cause I don't want to give you any bad advice uh, without seeing it. But it also depends on how much relief you think you're not getting. Guitar Hack says he loves the Les Paul behind me. Thank you. That's just a Les Paul standard. Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Give me a second. Just reading some of the stuff. There's like 750 of us. There's a lot of little comments that I'm trying to find. Uh, Hero Glop says, Hero Glop says, you seem to get more pedals and... Oh, wait. That's not what it says. It seems You seem to get more guitars and amps than pedals. Are you done with pedals? <clears throat> um... The pedals are simple. Um, companies send me pedals, but I don't really review a whole lot of them because I'm always looking for something interesting. Um, I do a few, but really, to be honest with you, my, my latest pedals that I've acquired are pedals that were hard for me to get. They were used and they, they don't make them new anymore. And I picked up a few here and there. They're not necessarily expensive, but they were hard to get. And uh, it's hard for me to do a video on that because what will happen is the two or three that exist out there will just get skyrocketed in price. And then you guys, you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help. So, um, uh, 2008 D Bravo says, uh, soft fills review. He's talking about the spark. It's awesome. I, I really like the amp It's really good. That was definitely one of those products I could put in that beginning. What we talked about the category of, I would have never reviewed that in a million years. In fact, I'm pretty sure, and I can't tell you for absolute sure, but I can't, I pretty sure when I was responding to his email, um, you know how, when you type in an email address on your uh, computer, it finds all the emails that are in your folders. Uh, I'm pretty sure they asked me to review it like six, seven, six months ago or a while ago. They asked me something, something came from them and I apparently had just thrown it in a folder and, and passed on it. Um, <clears throat> so it's funny. It was really, you guys just mentioning over and over again. And I think you guys could tell in the video, I did the unboxing, uh, video and I was trying to be open-minded, but really in my head, I was just like, I just was not 
you know, feeling it. And, uh, and it was one of those things I was a little nervous cause I was like, man, I don't want this to be a negative video. I'm going to go in this with an open mind. Cause I, I, like I said, I was, I'm, I, I'm not exaggerating the last three or four, actually three or four, all of them, every company who's pretty much sent me a product with an app has, has cost me an entire day of just trying to get the app to work. And it's always because I have a droid phone, a galaxy phone or whatever you want to call it. And I don't use iPhones. Um, so every, every, every company, uh, that I, I can name them all, all the companies that have sent me products with apps. Uh, and, Every single one of them, I can't get it to work. I ended up having to call the company. They tell me it's because they don't have it working for the Droid right yet. It's always on the iPhone that works, and then I always have to get my tablet out. I don't. I have an old Apple tablet. It's so old that the last time it happened, what happened was I found it. It would, and then I spent like an hour looking for the charger. It was just driving me crazy, and all to do something I hate, um, which is the apps. I hate the apps. So it's kind of funny that I got this amp, and I was like, oh, all right. And then I, I really liked it. I was really digging it. And uh, in fact, I was playing it all all this morning. And um, and then what happened was I got the amp, and then I wasn't going to post the video because uh, a couple of you guys reached out to me and said, hey, man, there's some, some issues with these guys. They're not shipping product. And somebody sent me a link to a Facebook page dedicated to hating them. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went on the Facebook page, but the first things I was reading were a lot of people were saying, oh, they're shipping my amps now. Um, so I reached out to the guy at at, uh, at Positive Grid and asked him what what's going on, and he basically gave me the, the 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 synopsis of what's going on. It makes a lot of sense. They're a small company. They're not like Yamaha and Line Six. They're a tiny company, okay? And they didn't anticipate doing this well, and they don't have their and they're not set up for it. And so they're basically staying ahead of the problem and trying to ship out the amps. Um, and they're shipping delays because China's a disaster and the world's a disaster and everything's going to crap and, and they're pushing through it. And I was like, okay, but more importantly, what I thought was it would give a good forum, uh, which it seems to anyone has a complaint about the product not being shipped to them. They put comments in the video. Um, obviously the comments are there, the company sees it, but I don't think the company seems, uh, disingenuous about it is what I'm getting at. It seems like everybody's getting a product. It's just, they're getting it really slow. So the, I agree with a lot of you. I don't understand the whole need to, to reach out to more channels to review it if you're having trouble doing that. But it's hard to judge a lot of decisions right now because you've got to understand there's no summer NAM. I want you to put this in perspective. You understand that there's a lot of companies that have invested a lot of money into new products coming out for the second half of this year. And their way to put that on the market was to go to the summer NAM and get a lot of excitement, get a lot of advertising, get a lot of dealers coming and doing the orders. Now, I know that really doesn't apply to the Spark in this case. I don't think so. But you get the idea. There's a there's a driving force behind that and it's not there now. So I think it is... Is what I'm seeing is as a companies, uh, and I can tell you this, it has nothing to do with positive grid. What I'm seeing with companies that I'm dealing with is a fear, a fear of not selling. It's how much can you sell as fast as you can, as much as you can, because they want to be around. And let's be very clear there are companies that will not be around next year, they're not going to be around. It's the reality of it's reality of business when you have a recession or a pandemic or anything, a tornado, a tidal wave, a terrorist attack, things that disrupt commerce have negative effects. And some of those effects are some companies don't exist anymore. So I'm not justifying what they're doing. I'm explaining it the way I, I think I understand it. But what I would tell you guys is, is the big thing with the positive grid is I can tell you two things and I hope it helps. One, if you ordered one 
and you're waiting for one, it's really good. So I think it's worth the wait, especially for the price. It's less than the uh, Yamaha amp. And uh, for the price, I'm looking at it right now, for the price is really good. By the way, I don't think I was supposed to keep the one they shipped me, sent me. I'm just holding on to it and playing like, you know, I want to keep it because I like it. But I understand it has to go back, right? Um, but uh, the second part of that is um, if you're concerned about it, I should ask, I would ask for a refund. And if they don't, won't refund you, that's where I think there'll be a problem. But I haven't, again, heard of anybody having that issue. So, uh, okay. Okiest, okayest guitar 66 says, are you keeping your katana? Absolutely not. Nope. Uh, I did a video. It's on the Patreon channel. Um, it was rough cut and it was rough. <laughs> Uh, and I really just wanted them uh, to see it. It was the Katana versus the, the Positive Grid and just some thoughts on that. And it was really me just letting them know at that time, you know, because I had done, I did three videos of the Positive Grid thing back and forth. Like I said in that video, if you guys saw it, I sent it to patrons. They gave me notes. They say, you know, hey, it would be nice if it said this or this. And so I, I made three different uh you know, editing cuts and, and ads and changes. And so, um, no, I'll be selling it, but I'm going to sell it local because it's only worth about $175 used. I obviously just paid $250 for it in January, but um, no, I'm going to get rid of it. Um, and, uh, and um, but I, I, I got to hold on to it for a day or two because I got to finish the video of it uh, with the positive grid. I want to do the positive grid against the Katana and I'd like to do the positive grid against the Yamaha. Um, so, so there you go. In fact, I like this positive grid so much that I went this morning to buy a Yamaha so I could do a video comparing the two and just check them out. And I, I, they were out of stock on Sweetwater. So I didn't, look, I didn't have a chance to look anywhere else. So we'll see if their uh, Yamahas are in stock somewhere else. Uh, uh, C. Berg Burgess says... Burgess says, what sectors of the guitar community do you think will be hit the hardest? Um, well, of course, you know, again, we don't know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with all this, right? Other than somebody is going to, I mean, just because, like I said, I'm, I'm just giving you the, the law of averages, right? We know somebody financially is not, is going to, is going to take a pummeling out there. Um, who do I think is going to be like what, what sectors of the business and companies are going to do? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? The problem right now is, is this is my, and again, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I said two things and I'm going to repeat them right now. One, I don't really want to talk about recessions and, and COVID because I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> and I don't want you to think I know what I'm talking about. So that's one. Two, um, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I don't want you to think I know what I'm talking about because, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of us don't know what we're talking about when it comes to this. But this, but I want to give you this part. Maybe this helps. Maybe this is a, a thought process. I'm just giving you my thought process right now. I feel like right now we're in the pandemic mode, and uh, whether whether your feelings or I don't want to say feelings. The let me restart. We're in the pandemic mode. It's like to me. It's like when you go if you've ever been to the emergency room at a hospital for either you or a friend or a loved one. And they're handing you clipboards and telling you to fill this stuff out. And you know, it's going to cost you a fortune and you know, it's, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know what your insurance is going to cover and you don't know how much of you're going to be out of pocket. As some of you guys that are not in America, probably not understand this analogy. 
but everybody in America understands this analogy. You go to the hospital and it's an unknown bill and it either could destroy you or you'll be fine. You don't know because you just don't know yet. But more importantly, you don't care because right now you care about the person you love or yourself, if it's you, will, will live or be okay. I think that right now how I feel in my current situation is right now we're all in the emergency room together. We're all worrying about everybody being okay. You know what I mean? That's the mentality right now as a whole. And just like the hospital, we're eventually, we're going to hopefully be fine and we're going to walk out of the hospital, the emergency room, and then the bill is going to come and then we'll know what kind of trouble we're in. That's kind of how I feel. Again, this isn't me giving advice on the industry or telling you guys anything. I'm just telling you how I feel about all this. And uh, the reason I'm sharing that with you is because of that question. When I hear companies talk to me in the last month or so, the verbiage they use, like positive grid, it's not of fear. It's not of anything else other than they're trying to do the best they can in the situation they're in. And I got that vibe from them. I didn't get that they were doing anything other than that. Uh, they seem to be very uh, aware that the situation sucks. <laughs> they, they weren't like, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. They were just like, we're trying, we're on it. Shipping delays, because there's, you know, once it even, they even said once we ship it out, then there's shipping delays. I understand because I, I bought a product and from, from a company in California and it took a week and a half to get here. So I understand there's shipping delays. So, I mean, I understand all this stuff is that's what I'm saying. Now, what I'm, what I'm telling you guys is I, I hope you guys take that and maybe give them a little bit of a break. But also when I say a little bit of break, understand, I'm not saying don't make them accountable. Companies need to be accountable for what they're doing. And I see some of you guys are really upset about it. And I think you have every right. From what I read, it seems very upsetting. And I guess the biggest takeaway I got from it was a lot of you upset that they're sending these amps to channels, which is why I just put in my video blatantly, yep, they sent me one, so that hopefully it wouldn't trigger you in the video. That's what I was trying to share, say. Uh, you guys asked me what I thought of the amp. They asked for it to send it to me. I thought this is what exactly you wanted to uh, to see. So I did the video because, I one, I was curious, I guess. Two, you guys asked for it. But three, I also didn't want anybody to go in there and be like, what the hell's going on? You guys, no one should have watched that video and go, they sent him an amp? <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. All right. Uh, all right, so what else do we got? What else do we got? We got to end on a positive note. We can't end on that. <laughs> So we got, I'll get to do the unboxing in a second, the cables. I have my voice back. I, like, I feel normal again. For a, Dude, that tickle was killing me for a little while, though. So, um, and there might be a couple super chats I missed. Now, here's some good news. Uh, maybe not great news, though. Uh, a couple of you guys in the past, uh, some super chats fell through the cracks. And if some fell through, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to scan for those and I'm going to put those in the bo bonus podcast. So you're going to have to listen for them there, but they'll get answered. And sometimes I spend more time on them and on those. So it's kind of nice. Um, en Enrico says, please shout out, okay, to NYNJ dealers right now. B&H, Zounds, uh, Sam Ash. I've been talking to Sammy Ash. I talked to him last week um, and um, and uh, to make sure he was okay, seeing, hey, is there anything I can do? Any kind of online promotion or anything to help those guys? Uh, Dale Pro Audio, v VIP Pro Audio, Pro Audio Star, uh, 
Canal Sound and Manufacturer Rep. Okay, so I hope I said all those names right, but I understand where you're getting at this, Enrico, is yes, uh, we need to support these guys. That's basically what I'm getting at is, you know, you're going to have to support as many of these companies as possible. Um, I think like Amazon scooping up all the business. I think uh, uh, some of the big guys like Sweetwater scooped up a lot of business during this. We don't want to forget the small dealers because we want to want those guys around. Um, at least I do. So, uh, so yeah, definitely do a shout out to those guys for sure. Like I said, anyone who... Uh, and you know what? Most of those guys, and just so you know, I keep hearing about like they do the drop pickup stuff. Keep in mind, most all your small dealers that you guys want to support are on Reverb. Um, and uh, so check that out. You know what I mean? Check out that that stuff. Um, and um, although uh, um, uh, I was going to say uh, Reverb's got a new policy change about PayPal, but I just I was going to tell you guys about it. But I, I ended up rereading it and it doesn't affect the buyer. So you can still use PayPal. But eventually, I guess uh, as of the 19th this month, uh, Reverb is no longer going to pay people in PayPal. So if you haven't got notified of that, it's not a huge deal, just a little bit of a deal, which is if you want to buy on Reverb, you can still use PayPal. But when you sell on Reverb, you can't get paid in PayPal. you got to do it through your account. And uh, so there you go. Oh, Peter Peter says, less than 60-second answer. Sure, best budget reverb pedal. My favorite reverb pedal right now, I don't know if it's a budget, is the New X Atlantic, which is reverb delay. It's 150 bucks. I don't think that's a budget pedal, but I'm just telling you that. It's my favorite one right now. You can get your hands on. But um, I talked to the Donner guys, and they have a reverb pedal that I'm, I want to check out, and it's supposed to be 35 bucks. So... I don't know if that's going to happen, but I was in, I was emailing back and forth with those guys. Um, uh, that I'm curious about. And that, so you, somebody was asking me earlier about pedals and not doing so many pedals. I think I'm just burnt out on the really crazy expensive pedals right now. That's all. You know, that's part of it too. doesn't mean I don't want to do them. Just, you know, I really would like to do some of these. Like, you know, I see some of these channels doing these $50 pedals, and I'm curious too. You know, I'm curious too. Like, are they any good? You know what I mean? Is there stuff going on that, you know what I mean? I, I'm curious. Um, uh, Ed Pack says, what is your favorite bench amplifier for testing guitar work? I have been using the same amplifier for testing on my bench forever. It's been in so many videos in the background, whether you notice it or not. It's the uh, Roland Cube Micro Cube. Mine is red. It doesn't have the Roland logo. I've ripped it off <laughs> for no reason. Just did it years and years ago. It's a red microcube. So it's just the microcube. They make a new version. I'm sure it's as good as the one I have. If it's different, it's only slightly. Uh, there's a reason why I do that for a couple of reasons. One, I use it for two reasons. One, it sounds great. It's small. But I have it takes six AA's batteries and they last forever. But I have mine plugged into uh, you know the wall wart. But the reason why I like it is sometimes when I'm hearing a 60 cycle hum or a buzz or something on a guitar and I can't figure out what it is, I'll yank the power supply and go battery only. And then I know, I know, you know what I mean? If I'm hearing the sound, most likely it's, it's the, uh, it's, it's coming from the guitar and I don't have to worry about it, you know, pulling out electricity or six second hum for something. So I like kind of like having it as a, uh, but that's what I use. And I've been using that forever. Um, for a while I switched just slightly to that, uh, the black star fly and I dig that too, but I ended up going back to my cube just cause I, I just trust it. So I uh, love that thing. I've been beating it up. Uh, that thing, this is the testament, which is why I think I said this. And if I didn't, it's in my, I think it's in the second version, which I'll be talking about this. When I did the Katana versus the Positive Grid uh, video that you guys didn't see, the part you didn't see yet, you will see when I do the, sh the com uh, 
the versus video. Um, the one thing I will say about the Katana is it, I trust Boss to make a good product. And so I don't know much about Positive Grid's ability to make a great product for longevity purposes. So that's the one kind of caveat that I give to the Katana guys. But the reason I say that is because my Rolling Cube Microcube has been, been beat up now for probably 15 years. But more importantly, oh my God, longer than 15 years, like 16 years I've had that. I could tell you, I have left it on for weeks. <laughs> like seriously, plugged in, just on for weeks at a time. Uh, and now years, accumulated years, that amp just doesn't die. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. And I keep thinking one day it's going to end, but it doesn't end. So, um, you know, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, always, uh, always rocking 2009 says, are you going to demo the new line six pod go? I believe not. I reached out to line six, asked them if they were interested in me checking it out and that the, they didn't answer. So I'm assuming it's no. Um, and I usually, you don't know, right. Cause everything's going on, but, uh, I was talking to some of the YouTube channels and they, they just got them. So they're going to be reviewing them. So that's not, not, not right now. I don't have any way. I don't have access to get one basically the light behind my head is a bit annoying well it's just a light dude that's <laughs> there's no other way to have a podcast <laughs> uh, uh, um uh jenny says she loves the the microcube as well yeah it's it's a true blue product for sure uh always rocking 2009 said thanks one army vet to another god thank you thank you for your service i know we talked about that last week and now but i, I just want to say it I, like i said i have a new appreciation of it so i want to say it <laughs> somebody said at least you didn't say your head's annoying ah, it isn't i look it looks like i have a glow around my head so if i took my hat off right now look at that oh, it's got that glow off the the noggin <laughs> uh let's see uh monkey grooving oh cool name man uh Monkey Groovin says, Phil, any opinions about Focusrite Scarlet uh, uh, 2 something I2? I don't know what that is. Uh, other similar start audio interfaces. Not, man, I'm so, like I said, this is my, seriously, like baby steps. This positive grid thing is probably my first uh, baby step into doing this stuff. I have a Focusrite. I don't even know what I have. I have a, I bought one and um, it works okay. I don't know which one I ha I, it takes four inputs. I bought it off Sweetwater when I bought my studio monitors. Here's what happened. I bought a bunch of studio stuff because, uh, and I think I, I talked about this before, but I bought a bunch of studio stuff to, you know, improve the videos. And what ended up happening was the views went down. And I think it's because as I increase production quality, the not the big, the big factor is, is that what you're looking for is a review. I think on this channel, you're looking for input and you're not looking for me to polish up the sound of stuff and make it sound right there's other channels that do a great job of doing that and um so that's why i backed away from that stuff and one thing i noticed was uh when i try to when i play back the stuff i'm recording with my um my videos i actually what i do uh so you guys know is after i edit a video i then send it quickly to youtube in 720p so it's fast so i can get it up there fast and then i listen to it through my phone because I know 60% of you guys are listening to phone and tablets. I'm trying to get a sense of what you're going to be hearing. So does it convey the message correctly there? So there you go. Um, but uh, the Focusrite thing, it seems fine. I have the, uh, with the lightning bolt cable and what have you, it's it's fine. But again, it's not my not my big. So on that note, let's open some cables. Look at this box. I'm Look at this crazy thing. It's huge. It's Klotz cables. Now, I don't know what cables are going to be interesting. 
I know this. I got my pocket knife. <laughs> um, it's out of camera view. I've never done, I don't think I've ever done an unboxing on a live show. Is that something we've done here? I don't think it is. This is, this came from Germany. And I have no idea what's in here other than this box is huge. But, and I don't know if that means we're gonna do giveaways with some of this stuff or what. Uh, but I'm curious. Okay, we have uh, we have this. This is the titanium clots. Oh, this is a pedal, a high-end patch cable. So he sent me this stuff because he thought I could get a use out of some of the stuff because he saw I did the, redid the room. Again, another patch cable. Very cool. And, oh, a DI box. And my plan is uh, DX10 passive DI box. This is cool. My plan is to... Uh, to show you guys some of this stuff, oh my goodness, maybe not, because these are all like it's sub boxes, but there's something that I'm actually interested in seeing, and hopefully it's in here, and hopefully, since we're at the end of the show, oh man, this is crazy. This is just lots of patch cables. So this is for building some pedal boards. So what's great is, hold on, this may not be what I think it all, all it is. Yeah, so it's just titanium cables. See how see what how cable is just not the most interesting thing to show? Like look, it's cables. <laughs> but um, here's a it's made in Germany. Here's what's funny about this. Uh, oh this is 29.5 foot cable. <laughs> oh, but it's got that cool have you guys used these? I like these a lot. Have you seen these ends? What they do is they have this this sleeve here. And when you plug in the guitar, the sleeve goes down, see? And then the guitar is on, and when you unplug it, it mutes the cable. It's like having those buttons, but that is cool. Especially on a 29-foot cable. So especially if you're at a gig and you unplug. Cables, mind blown. I'm looking at some of the comments here. I'm always jealous of the YouTube channels that just unbox stuff on their live shows. I'm like, I want to do that once. <laughs> so we're doing it. Uh, this is a 19-foot cable. And again, has that cable. So here's what's cool. He sent me a bunch. Another 29 one uh, foot cable. We'll, um, what I'll do is I'm gonna demo, uh, not demo, I'm gonna show you guys this stuff, whoa, uh, today. And then next Friday, we'll give some stuff away. I gotta get my wife on board because she's gotta put this in, in envelopes and ship it right now. And, and I know uh, it's gonna be a problem because if any of you guys are overseas, what happens every time somebody wins is overseas, uh, she brings me this custom form I have to fill out, which then I don't for days. And then it, and then when I finally get to it, it's like on a weekend and she can't take it to the post office. So, uh, so yeah, they sh shipped me a ton of these cables, these, these, uh, with these, uh, these like sleeves that mute. So we should do some giveaways from Klotz cables. That was really cool of them. Stefan sh shipped this out to me again, really cool stuff. And again, this is all their premium cable, but this is still not the thing that I think this is. They're supposed to be, well, not supposed to, I'm assuming he shipped it. I, this company makes a cable that I, when I saw, I kind of chuckled and I'm hoping he sent me one and I don't think he did. I don't think he did, because these are mic cables. Uh, they make Joe Bonamassa cables, so I was hoping they'd be something here. This is a, a mic cables. 
So high-end microphone cables, all really high-end stuff. So what's nice is, uh, what I'll do, because he's a cool enough guy to send me this stuff, I'll pick a few that I can use. Um, and when I'm making some videos, I'll I'll use them in the videos and give them shout-outs and stuff. And then the rest of the stuff, we'll do a couple giveaways each week, give out some guys some cables. Um, this stuff, I think, is fun to win because this stuff is the stuff I think everybody hates buying, right? Everybody hates <laughs> buying uh, expensive guitar cables because we all know a good cable is a good deal. You know, it's a good thing to have, but they just, it's expensive. Um, see, Matt Matt says, uh, Klotz rule, uh, use nothing but them. See, I've never heard of him before. And like I said, my buddy Stefan's like, hey, I work with this company. And, oh, look, he sent a bunch of, you know, he sent me a bunch of mic cables because he knew I redid the, the room and, and I did the amps and stuff. So what's great is um, I use two mic cables right now and I'll, I'll swap them with these two and that would give me two to do giveaways with. So those of you guys are looking for good mic cables. There's the box. It was huge and empty. So he sent us some cool cables. That was really nice of him. Uh, thank you, Stefan, for that. Um, he's a... Uh, He's a, if you don't, if I've never mentioned him before, not only is he a nice guy, but the most drunk I think I've ever been in my entire life was with him in Hollywood uh, in January. And um, and uh, I learned a couple things. One, uh, don't drink with a bunch of German guys in Hollywood. <laughs> they, they win. Yeah, and then Barry says, now we all know uh, Klotz. Great idea. More companies should uh, send Phil cool stuff. Well, you know, a lot of companies do send nice stuff. And um, and I try to get some content out there to guys talk about it and stuff. I'm about to do a five unique gadget video. And uh, and uh, maybe one of those cables will make that because I like that, that, that breaker cable thing too. Uh, so they're very good. Thank you, Klotz Cables. Like I said, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll put it to good use for all of us, right? All right, guys, on that note, just in case I missed anything, and I don't think I did, hold on. And I did not, and uh, I want to appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for the brief intermission where I had to drink water. I should have drank beer. But on that note, I'm going to let you guys go for the weekend. You guys, thank you so much. As always, it was great hanging out with you this Friday. Uh, and until next Friday, I'm just going to say know your gear. All right, guys, bye-bye.